0: Today's thoughts explore what it's like to really all share the same enemy, no matter where we are in the world. This podcast is a rough around the edges attempt at exploring my mind in hopes that it might inspire you to explore yours. My name is Fontaine, and this is Fox in Thought. Three years ago, I read the book Homo Deus, which was written by Yuval Harari, the guy who wrote Sapiens, which you might have seen on many bestseller shelves. It really turned my life upside down. Reading that book was a pivot point in my life, and some of the insights I gleaned from that book changed my outlook and behavior. Among the many ideas he shared, Harari brought to my attention a new sort of problem that humanity faces in the future. You see, much of human conflict up until this point has been about one group of people fighting with another group of people, usually for some resource. Perhaps land, water, or maybe fighting over values like religion. This sort of conflict is what gives rise to things like nationalism, things like make America great again. But in the future, our biggest challenges as humans will look much different. Our biggest challenges will be humans versus a system, not another group of humans. Harari puts forth different examples of humans versus a system, like the merging of technology and biology, nuclear threats, and of course, global warming. With any of these sorts of problems, it will require all humans to collaborate share information, trade resources, communicate effectively, etc., in order to quote-unquote win against the system. And what a perfect and concrete trial run Mother Nature has given us with coronavirus. This phenomenon is all humans versus the virus basically the epidemiological implications of how it moves and attacks it, its host, that host being an individual or society. It is in each country's interest to collaborate with other countries, learning from those who are ahead in the cycle, employ, employing effective strategies, avoiding problematic ones, etc. But if different countries take different approaches, they might actually cancel out each other's hard work. So if one country takes a herd immunity strategy, but another takes a total lockdown strategy, the virus will continue to spread. So the solutions needed for this era are not about strength, force, or competition. In business and even in global politics, we often think of others in terms of competition or even enemies. Now, we must reframe this to thinking about allies or collaborators. This can be hard to think that way, especially if another group is taking a different strategy. But even though we'll be collaborating and operating more as a collective, it doesn't mean we don't need good leaders. In fact, we need them now more than ever before. I often think of a good leader as an orchestra conductor. They aren't the ones playing the instruments, but they know how each instrument sounds. They can probably play a little bit of everything, but most importantly, they're good at putting it all together. And when it comes to something like leadership in the time of Corona, who is going to be the conductor of the most complex orchestra in the world? Naturally, I was excited to read what Harari had to say about the virus and its impact on society. He pointed out that a collective paralysis has gripped the international community. He then went on to point out the lack of leadership from the historical go-to by saying, the current US administration has abdicated the job of leader. It has made very clear that it cares more about the greatness of America, far more than about the future of humanity. He even describes the current leadership landscape as there seem to be no adults in the room. As an American, I'm slightly embarrassed by this sentiment. I keep thinking, get it together, guys. But the old conductor has retired and there's a great opportunity for someone to step up to the plate, or I guess the platform. So we are the interview committee. And let's discuss what we're looking for in a conductor. For one, he or she has to be able to play the instruments. Not all of them, but they have had experience with a handful. So in this example, those instruments could be anything. Maybe they've run a company or studied social systems, or they're really good at listening and translating challenging concepts for others. An ideal conductor is good at knowing when to dial up a particular section of the music and when to have it fade away. They're also a good executor. They're not the first person to conduct a concerto before, so they know how to get it done. This balance between artistic expression and execution is a dance between art and science. Now usually for the whole performance, a conductor has his back to the audience since he's more focused on helping his orchestra than showing off his face. So this person needs to be humble. And at the end of the piece, they point to the leaders of each of the instrument sections, indicating who really did the work. So who are our potentials? I'm curious. Who do you think should step up? Should it be New Zealand's empathetic but fierce motherly care? Ireland's history-imbued inspiration? Singapore's calm and strategic approach? What are the most important things that the conductor of the orchestra should do in your mind?